Welcome to another episode of the Fearless Launching Show. Today we have got a treat. I love saying that. We have treats every single time we have an episode. But today, really, we're talking to a woman named Karen Sargent of the Sunny Patio Project. And you can find her over at sunnypatioproject.com. And she is, well, dare I say, a genius product and course creator and someone who really gets what it takes to create courses and um, provide instruction where people are actually going to learn something. She's got a really cool, interesting story about how she got to this point doing this for entrepreneurs online um, and really practical down to earth. I think you're going to love her. So let's just go on over to the conversation and then I'll see you at the end. Today, I'm here with a really cool, I hate to say chick, but I'm going to say it. She is a cool chick. Her name is Karen Sargent, and she is, well, she has quite an interesting story of how she uh, started her, an online part of her business, and she's got a quite an interesting backstory as well. So I'm going to just hold off on telling you the details. We're going to reveal it to you. So thanks, Karen, for coming today. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Thanks. I wish I was actually where you are in uh, Southern California, but uh-huh. alas, I am not. <laughs> yes. Well, we're overcast today. So, uh, I yeah, know. I know we were swapping a little bit on that today. So, so I'm really excited that you came today and just to give everybody kind of like a little bit of a, why, what are we going to talk about mostly today? Um, so Karen has an interesting, uh, talent, genius zone, whatever you want to call it, where she um, can create, put together courses and products. She knows what it takes to structure, not only just like the really kind of boring stuff we don't think about, like by structuring a course the right way so that your students can learn, but also she, I think she's good at a lot of different things, but she also can kind of probably I mean, I'm assuming here, improve the customer experience along the way and improve existing products. So yeah. is that kind of right? I'm going to hire you to write my copy. That was, <laughs> that was really good. I like that. I'm like, I'm just like, I, I know what you do. And I, and I, and I, anyway, so I'm just so excited. So why don't you, in your own words, since clearly, you know, I, I mean, I'm, Anyways, you tell me <laughs> what you do. What tell I us what do. your business is. Tell us, and and then we'll go into how it all happened. But just tell us what you do. So uh, I w- um, my business is called the Sunny Patio Project. Although I was telling you today, it's the Overcast uh, Patio Project today. But <laughs> <laughs> and I help experts, people who are already in their niche and doing either their coaching or their consulting or whatever it is they do. And they're looking to move into the online course realm and they need some help, um, either getting that initial, you know, initially started or whether they're sort of in that mixing it up and they need some help structuring it or, or getting it into a cohesive, um, and really exceptional package. I, I think everyone can just sit down with a piece of paper and probably put together an info product on whatever your topic of choices. And if, you know, good on you. But if you're ready to really craft a really great learning experience for your customers and you're really looking to, you know, move it up, um, there are some best practices and some tics, uh, tips and tricks that, um, that I can help you with to, uh, to kind of create that really sweet package, that really sweet 
course or info product. Yeah. I mean, I think this is really like what you do is so important because as more and more people like to launch their courses, launch their, I mean, I would think that even like some of the structural stuff that you talk about can be applied to eBooks and all, all sorts of things that really require someone to um, dive in, like go through content and learn something. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I, I would I would agree with that. I'm sort of, I, you know, it's one of those crusades to sort of level up. You know, there's a lot of a lot of online businesses. Their their product is an info product. It's their initial, you know, their one thing that they do. And we need to be thinking about them, at least in my opinion, you need to be thinking about it. That's your iPod. You know how like so much design and careful crafting and careful work went into creating that. Well, you need to have applied that same design thinking and that same level of effort into your product. Don't just, you know, throw information about Facebook at somebody and write a sales sheet. Um, it's create something that is, that isn't out there yet that really, um, you know, turns on the light bulb for the, for your clients or your customers. Okay. This is, this is awesome. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm like, I feel like I'm just going to soak in like a sponge because I have lots of things that I want to do to, you know, we always, as entrepreneurs, I think we're always looking for ways to improve things. And, but I, you know, you don't want to improve too many things, obviously all at once. Maybe you want to just try little things here and there, but anyway, so I'm really excited and I want to find out how you then developed this first product that you have, or maybe it's not even your first product, but this current product, the jumpstart package, is that jumpstart package, right? Um, well, so I, I'm a recent B schooler. I went through this last, um, this last course and, um, I had, I went through because I actually have a training business. I have a very niche training business that I do. And I, uh, had that in the back of my mind as I went through B school. I also knew that I needed to create another I create another um, income stream. And so I was wondering what it, what it was that I was going to do. And as I listened to the phone calls, actually um, uh, calling into Marie on her weekly things, um, I heard people um, asking questions about, I just don't know how to get that group course. I can't, I, I'm a one-to-one expert, but I can't move to the one-to-many, the, the group course thing without um, some trouble. And I, I really would sort of like pick up my pen and write down the words that people were saying and crafted the um, both. I have a downloadable PDF if you're kind of a DIYer. And then I have a um, more of a package if you want some time with me to help you um, get through that initial stages, get the idea, go from idea to um, crafting it well, to getting a content outline out there, a lesson design and content outline, and then off you go and you can create the materials yourself. That's awesome. So, so you pretty much just listened to what was being said and you weren't really necessarily looking for it or were you, were you feel like you just had your, you, you had your like antennas up? <laughs> I had my antennas up. I, I was thinking that it would be something in the training realm, but, um, I know I didn't, I didn't by any means have that. Um, and then of course, as ideas go, when I sat there and listened to, it, I'm like, well, of course I should put together courses. I mean, that's sort of what I had been doing the last, you know, four or five, I'm always being handed courses, you know, I'm getting on planes to go teach somebody and I'm handing, being handed this, you know, crime against humanity PowerPoint. <laughs> and I'm like, no way. I'll get lynched if I try to stand up in front of 30 people and teach this. So I'm forever just trying to be like, what am I trying to teach them? And then throwing out all the material and just teaching them, you know, what it is they need to learn and go off and use right. in a way that they'll retain it. 
Okay, um, so, so hold on. <laughs> so you said something about crimes against humanity. <laughs> so um, I have to back up there, and I I know that you you know I want to talk to you now. I would love it if you would share at least you know, like we said, broad strokes of what you did prior to all of this, because I think that, oh my God, that part of your story is so fascinating to me. And I just want, actually, I want to hear it again. You want to hear it. I want to hear it again for like what you, what you, what kind of world and background you come from. So, um, I, uh, mo- most recently, I-, I feel like I've had three, three different, uh, lives. The first one was I-, I worked actually in software in Silicon Valley during the, before the dot-com, um, uh, bust. And I learned a, a lot there um, working on a QuickBooks product. But in um, 2001, actually, in the early part of 2001, I was hired in um, the counterterrorist center of the CIA. And I worked the, I actually was working the bin Laden target on September 11th, uh, when September 11th happened. And then I worked um, different jobs in the counterterrorist center up through 2009 when I left. Wow. So So what kind of just, just generally, is there any, like you said, you were handed courses, so you were teaching people. Uh, The teaching came later. I was in operations. I actually, Ah, we were, we were catching bad guys. I know you love that. Yeah. I'm like, (laughs) that that was our job. So I spent a lot of time overseas uh, in Central Asia, Pakistan, Afghanistan, um, doing that. And uh, it got burned out. And in 2009, um, the way you take a step back from all of that is you start teaching what you know to the people who are going out there. That's how I got into the training stuff. Training is not appealing to operators when we're in the when we're in the thing. Nobody wants to you know stand in front of a blackboard. But when you get to that point where you're just you just need a break, that's when you um, start training the next <laughs> the fresh meat. <laughs> right, right, right. No, I can imagine that. And like, yeah, obviously you have what, you have the experience and you have the knowledge to do it. So you had to like then jump in and maybe not create, but definitely recreate and actually deliver the courses in a way that people would actually learn. That's right. I think I think that in 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 my opinion, one of the reasons I only want to work with when I say experts, I don't really I'm not carding anybody at the door, but I'm not interested in people who are just crafting um, in subject uh, in subjects that they're not really subject matter experts in. Uh, because you won't know what it is that you need to teach. You know that that's the stuff that's just the want want want. You know, um, but if you if you've done it and you act, you actually know what the sticking points are. That's what you turn around and teach. That's what's invaluable um, as a as a as a transfer, as a knowledge transfer. So, I mean, the trick half the time, the trick isn't the trick. It's it's these little things that only you would know about because you've been there. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. And, uh, you know, that's that's why for me, like doing these like um putting swipe files and all that kind of stuff is kind of just BS to me because once you've been in it, especially with like launching, there's no swipe file that's going to get you through a launch that's going to give you the results you want. And I don't care what anybody says, even like the checklist that I make. I half the time I'm like, oh, I don't need this one this time. Oh, I don't need this next time. So everything is so, it has to be personalized, customizable, all of that for every individual person, business, their audience, it could be different products need different things, you know, so um, yeah, uh, that's, that's really, that's really cool. It sounds kind of heavy. I'm glad that you're, 
you know, that you're maybe out of that now and completely and, and, and do you like now this new, is this, is this a new, is this kind of lighting your training teaching fire again a little bit? Yeah, I, you know, I had a transition. So uh, in the four years since then, I've actually did a, did all of that training and I very slowly revamped the curriculum that I was teaching on a regular basis. And uh, so that's, that's um, and then I've sort of, um, my government clients have grown less and less and my military clients have grown less and less. Um, Congress sort of helped out with that. Uh, my phone stopped ringing when a sequestration <laughs> kicked in in the, in the spring. And so it was, it was time to look for a different market segment. And, uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm very happy. I'm very happy. I, yeah. You know, I'm very happy working with uh, people who are, who are, uh, I love the online community. I like the, um, sort of the greater B school, the greater WDS community. Um, I think they're, they're so, um, they bring such Excited. passion and they bring such know-how and they're interested in building really exceptional courses. You know, they're not interested in here's, you know, here's a module on Facebook, you know. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I love that too. Um, so, so then, okay, let's, let's, if we can just go into pretend um, someone comes to you for help and let's say they don't have any product yet. They just, they have an idea, but, but they're not really sure where to start. Do they have an outline? What do they do? You know, launching obviously comes later, but what do you tell them to do first? Is there, is there some kind of advice you give them? There's a series of uh, brainstorming topics that I like to give them and they're, they're in the PDF, but you know, sometimes we go over them in person and it's um, you know, my, you already know what to teach. You may, it may be locked inside your head, but you already know what to teach. So some of the brainstorming prompts um, are about uh, what makes, um, if you think about your okay clients and you think about your exceptional clients and look at the difference in between there and you start thinking about behaviors and mindsets and skills. And once you start sprinkling those in, that's a possibility you can think of the ones that um, are terrible, you know, the ones that you just sort of roll your eyes. Well, what is it about them that, um, that makes you roll your eyes and sort of, you know, want to run the other way? Um, and <laughs> there's, there's, you know, and there's a series of things like that, which sort of just get out the body of knowledge that's locked in your head. And I think once people start getting that out onto paper, then they're just like, okay, okay, got it, got it, got it. And they need like an hour to themselves to sort of just, you know, the topics start flowing and, and they start honing in on sort of a subject matter, you know, that they want to. Right. So they might come to you thinking, oh, I want to do this thing on Facebook, but really, let's say it's a, it's a totally specific part of Facebook. It's not how to set up a Facebook page, but it's how to, you know, I don't know, run a, like a charity fundraising thing on Facebook. Maybe it's something really specific to something they do for other, other companies that are fundraising and they need to figure out all the little pieces that go into that. Mm -hmm. So yep. interesting, interesting, interesting. So, okay. So they've got their topics out. I know that I don't want to give away too much, but like, I want to like, I'm, I'm curious, what do you tell people to do next? Like when, when they get all that stuff out of their head, do you, do you give them guidance on how to like organize it? Or do you have them just do a, do a pass at organizing it into like some sort of like outline themselves or do they go and validate what they come up with somehow? I, I think the um, it, it's helpful. It, you know, I can work with any stage, but uh, the, the stage that I like to do is the people that have actually um, 
sort of done that sort of validation and they have probably a really good understanding of what they think um, they want the course to be on so that I am working with a lot of material. Um, almost always I have to stand that material up on its head and refine it and cull it and do all of those things. But it's a little easier to work with stuff that they're already coming with versus the blank slate. Mm-hmm. Um, although, and, and that's almost always how they, how they come. But yeah. there's, you know, I see, talk about, you know, things that I typically see. I, I typically see two problems either with my clients or with just sort of what's out there. And so I'm almost always honing in on, 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 you know, two, two specific things. And that's sort of where the real work gets done. So what are those? Did you say <laughs> <I know. laughs> Are you going to leave me there? Come on, girl. Like, I, want you to, to, I wanted you to ask for it. I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> what are those two things? Killing me. Well, I noticed that. So the, the biggest problem, one of them is that training really doesn't, I see a lot of training that doesn't solve a problem or doesn't solve the right problem. And I mean that very, very specifically, like in a design thinking sort of way. Um, when you, I think it was Seth Godin that said, the more you aggressively define the problem, the more apt you are to solve it. And what I, what I typically see is people who haven't aggressively defined the problem that their training is going to solve. It's just so many people want to tell people about, like, I want people to know more about Facebook. No, you don't. That's, you know, that's a Wikipedia article. Um, you want, it should be a verb. It should be a skill. Um, and if you ask the question, what is, so there's this new behavior that you want to see. That's what graduates of your course are going to go out and do. What is preventing the new behavior? It's sort of an odd way of asking the question. But if you think about it that way, those are the barriers that your teaching is going to dislodge. What is preventing this new behavior? Well, they kind of don't know about this, but then they also don't have this skill. They're not motivated to use it here. And you're identifying roadblocks, very practical roadblocks. And that's a very... Um, hands-on way of designing a course, which can pay dividends, you know, down the road. I, I find that to be a really helpful, um, question to ask. I love that. Like, what was that quote again? Um, aggressively. The more you, the more you aggressively define the problem, the more apt you are to solve it. That's a paraphrase, but that's a, that's a Seth Godinism. And I, um, you know, that's a, yep. And I think that I actually, you know, what's funny is that I think that a lot of people, who I'm kind of like running through different launches that I've seen that maybe were challenging. They're not aggressive enough in that definition, maybe, or at least defining that on the sales page, you know, so then if it's not defined there, perhaps it's not solved, but maybe it is solved. So I think that the definition is sometimes, um, is it might actually be the course that defines it really well, but then the marketing doesn't. That might be so, true too. So that's interesting. Um, I, I never thought about it that way. I, more you aggressively define the problem. And also, you know, I was, uh, I'm part of this group, House of Genius. I didn't have heard of it before, but it's, it's kind of like a mastermind thing, but it's an anonymous mastermind. Don't let me go into it. I won't. But um, one thing that as we were going around the table, one entrepreneur was saying that he's like, he was giving advice to someone and said, you know, people want to hear their problem. They want to hear, and I, I just say this, like, people want to, like, hear the problem first because then it tells them to listen up. Do you have 
the, I'm thinking of body issues. Do you have like, do you have like a growth on the top of your toe or something like that? And someone's like, yes, they'll pay attention more quickly to that. If you like, if you just say my foot hurts, yeah, my foot hurts. But if you say I have like something on my toe that really hurts, then they might actually listen to it um, more, more quickly. I don't know. <laughs> but also, um, and I'm also thinking of it, you know, the, um, the market research that was sort of pioneered, I don't remember when it was pioneered, but it kind of came into its heyday when I was in um, the uh, software industry. And they spent, this is, you know, the early, the early days of Quicken and um, QuickBooks when they're, um, and they would follow customers home and they would sit there and watch them struggle with the product. So when you ask, this is the, this is the Henry Ford thing. If you ask people what they want, they would have said faster horses. But when he observed, he knew that there was a different product out there. And that's what I want experts to do in their own way is to really intimately know what the problem is. Don't just do the surveys. Don't just ask them what they want. It could be, you know, the, the problem that you need to solve. Your customer might not know it yet that that's the problem that needs to solve. But that's the iPod. I mean, the iPod didn't exist. And who in the world thought that we were going to walk around with these little devices that played music? And then, of course, you know, they changed, you know, they, everyone has one. Um, and we can't think of life without them. So, you know, but that is intimately knowing the behaviors of your, of your prospect set and what, what, you know, what iPod do they need to, to, you know, work, you know, to become an expert or whatever in your, you know, in your subject matter yeah, area. I, I love that, though. And, um, and again, like yeah. you were on a call recently, but like Ter Tara Gentili, when she said that, like, what are your customers saying? Or what are the people saying when you're not, well, when you're not supposed right. to be listening? Exactly. Really. I, I did hear that interview. Yes. And that's, that's, uh, or you told me about it. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's it. You know, because people aren't, and, and exactly right. Like people aren't going to know what their problem is. So I think that, I think that, yeah, really, really kind of harping on that with people who come to you is, is huge, is huge. Um, yeah. It definitely separates. Um, it definitely will, you know, uh, separate the uh, the, the uh, wheat from the chaff. I guess I was going to say the men from the boys, but <laughs> <laughs> the men from the boys. Um, and so, then the second, yeah, I didn't get to number two. Do you want me to? Come oh my right gosh, up? I didn't realize you didn't get to number two. Okay, go to number two. But the other one is is that it's not set up well for retention. I think people rely way too much on you know laundry lists and things are not well curated. They think more is better. It's sort of uh, badly organized. Um, but it's not set up, you know, six months from now, what, what do you want your student to remember about this? And if you can keep it to three and if you can keep it snappy and you can keep it really well tight, I mean, that's what they're going to remember. If they can't use your product, your info product, uh, if they don't remember it and you really have to do, you need to do the heavy lifting, you need to do the heavy lifting. You need to be the jingle of your info product and build that, build it so that they will remember it when they need it. And yeah. um, some of the products that I was creating when I worked for the government, I mean, we had these two problems, like they were so gnarly and hard to figure out. I mean, we're training people, we're training people how to survive government detention and hostage abduction. And you would think that there's a lot that you need to know um, in order to do it. People say, well, I just, the problem is I don't know what to do. The thing is you actually do know what to do. What you don't know how to do is prioritize. You don't know what is the most important thing to do. So I'm trying to craft training and teach it to you so that you remember it on the worst day of your life. 
-hmm. when you're going through the worst experience of your life. That's when my training needs to work. (laughs) So... (laughs) So, yeah. I want you to remember this on the worst day so of your that's life. that's a lot of staring at a wow. whiteboard, trying to figure out what is it. I need to give them two or three things, not 30 things. And I need to make it memorable and I need to deliver it in a way that it's totally reinforced. So when they've walked out of there, that is a, there is a chance that they're going to remember that. And it is going to be helpful when it needs to be helpful. Other than that, you know, they passed a good two days, but it, you know. These are people's lives that we're trying to improve, you know, especially in my case, it's sort of a life or death. And uh, so, yeah, so our training really needed to be up there. And so, yeah, <laughs> that's how I honed uh, sort of my methodology of, of how to attack a curriculum problem is because we had sort of the hardest curriculum problem out there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, because what we're doing is obviously not, well, most info products aren't life or death. You know, but that's, that's a really good way to look at it too. Like, you know, um, like for me, I would like, look at, look at that phrase and go, I want, I want you to remember this X, X, Y, and Z on the worst day of your launch. (laughs) You know, what is that? What do I want them to remember on the worst, like the worst day of their launch? Like, right. what are they going to remember? And, and like, you could say that about almost anything. Like, you know, I want you to remember this training on the worst day of your detox. <laughs> you know, like, people do the, the health detoxes yes. and things like that. And, yes. um, I, I mean, you could really put that into context every single piece, you know. And if you can't, then you wonder, like, is that really solving a problem? Then, then it goes back to, like, the actual value of what you're even creating and, like, does anybody really need this? You know? Um, so, yeah. So, cause I I've completely seen, agree. I've seen enough productivity products to, to really kind of get why most of them don't work because right. of how they're, it's just like, there's nothing driving me to like even go in the direction of a productivity unless they, uh, a product, unless there's something, there's some like not life or death, but, dramatic reason. Right, right. And it needs to teach you a new skill. I mean, uh, I think it's Ramit that harps on it all the time. And he says, knowledge does not change behavior. Heaping more knowledge on it doesn't solve a problem. Mm. You have to either teach him a skill. There's, you know, there's knowledge gaps, but there's also skill gaps and motivation gaps. And it could be, you know, like if uh, I was just thinking when you were talking about, um, you know, the detox or smoking cessation, mm-hmm. that's not knowledge. You're not mm-hmm. teaching them knowledge. You're teaching them a skill set and a motivation and um, and how to get through those dark days when you're, you know, when you're having that craving. Um, but in, in similar ways, um, a lot of what on the online world is trying to teach is motivation or um, to stick to it. And to know when something's a true flop and when something needs to be tinkered with and when, and when things are good, that's a skill, you know, that's a framework there that you can teach somebody. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. I, I, I still love that survival bit. I really do. I think that's really key because for me, that's like now, like I know that when people see the way that um, Marie creates B-School, whether, you know, they're, they're the way that she presents it and position positions it in, in the marketing, you really do feel like, Oh my gosh, I'm missing out. This is why my business isn't doing well. It's B school. I haven't done B school yet. I'm not in that community. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, anyways, that's, that's just my, I, I think that certain people have the gift to, um, 
like what I'd love to see more of is people's marketing match up to that value that you get inside the programs because that, you know. Yeah, there's there's been many a time that I've looked at the sales page and went, wow, that is awesome. And there's been times where I'm like, mm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure the info product lived up or a, or a portion of it did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or was that really even necessary? Or I didn't even get, I got enough out of one piece, Mm -hmm. you know, and was totally happy. So this is awesome. This is awesome. Awesome. Um, So what can I ask you next? Like, what is, what is your, oh, that's what I was going to ask you. The one more thing, the restructuring, of course. So people come to you with like some sort of base of what they want. What if someone comes to you, let's say after they've already launched, maybe they just, they've launched it a few times and they just, they just want to, you know, give it a facelift. Let's just say they don't really have any bad reasons why they, there's no like unsuccessful reasons why they didn't want it. They want to change it perhaps, Mm -hmm. but they want to change it. That's all, you know, like, what do you, what do you tell them to do? And like, is there any way you tell them to look at their product or evaluate what needs to be changed? Or do you just say, if you want to change everything, here's what I would do. Um, in some ways, it's almost the same series of questions because I, one of the first things I need to know about anyone at any stage is, can you clearly articulate the problem that you're solving? And do you, do you know when your students are doing well and do they know when they're doing well? You know, do you see the uptick in mastery? Do they see the uptick in mastery? And if they do, then let's, you know, let's refresh your visuals or something like that. Maybe we can present it better and we can organize it a little bit better. But it sounds like you're hitting the mark. But a lot of people um, cannot articulate what that is or they, you know, they'll have to get back to me or they kind of, you know, have to go steal from their sale pay- sales page or something. And, of course, they're graduating students that are also equally murky about what they feel they've learned. And that's just, um, you know, you want them to have – known what they learned and to have attributed it to your cor- your course that's yeah. you know that's the that's that's the uh, the home run of the info product is i learned that and i learned it from ann you know yeah. that's and they walk away crystal clear on what they can do now that they couldn't do before yeah um if you have that there's no retooling necessary if you don't have that then we almost need to do the mental exercises from the get go you're going to be able to repurpose a lot of your content so that it saves uh, work down the road, but the sort of the jump start is almost the same because you need to get that clear foundation and the clear articulation of the modules and the lessons, and then you just sort of tweak your you repurpose your content and put it in the new slots. Yeah, I mean, when you just are talking about, do you know when your students are doing well? Do they know when they're doing well? These are two super key things that I really don't think there's enough of. In many courses, um, I, I can only think of like um, one for sure that had clear structures in place. And it was actually in one of Ramit's courses because he makes you do a quiz before you get the next two modules or something like that. I remember right. like I seeing that and I thought that was brilliant. Um, and you want to make like doing that, you know, it might seem to be a drag for people who like to rush through stuff, but they know you care too. They know you want them to finish that stuff and you are truly leading them. Um, Agreed. And that's one of the reasons I know they come across as kind of hokey, these little tests or these little self-assessments. And you do see them in some of the more structured, almost like the corporate type training. But it's it's in there for a reason is because they need to know, you know, did, did the last 45 minutes penetrate? 
because, you know, some of it, some, you know, the person who is interested in having you, you know, gain from the course needs to know that and you need to know it. Yeah, I totally agree. Because if you didn't walk out different at the end of the info course, you know, you could have passed a good time. That's fine. You know, there are some places where the community element is actually more of what they're selling. And it, it's sort of info product light, but community strong. That's fine. As long as you know what you're going for. But if you are trying to teach something, um, let the customer know and you know that they're retaining it. Um, you should know and they yeah. should know. Yeah, I, I think that's really key. I know that's something that um, when I worked with Laura, we were always talking about um, trying to put in ways for people to, but it was very optional though, to tell us when they finish something and then give them kind of like a little mini quiz, just like a little tick, tick, tick. And, um, and I don't know if those are in place at all, but those, I thought those were really interesting ideas. And it's also a way for people to come back, you know, cause I remember that about Ramit's course. I remember, you know, and I actually didn't even need the course. I was just, I wanted to like peer inside and see what he was doing and stuff. And, I just, I really appreciated that. I know more and more of these, um, I don't know if you've paid attention to some of the online course kind of builders like Rizuku and Udemy or whatever. Um, there's a few other ones. And some of them do have this built-in kind of functionality. Um, and a lot of times, um, one of the ways you can do it is have a, pre, a pre-academic something. Um, like, we, we, for instance, we would uh, do a pre-academic lab. We would actually put you into a, you know, we would sort of kidnap you and put a hood on your head and, and bring you into a room and have you do a mock interview and you would do terrible. And so that would kind of set you up to be an eager student. And it would also sort of cut through the ego of some of the guys who would be like, yeah, I don't really need this course. Well, you know what? You just, you effed, you failed, you know? And so now you're an eager student. And then at the end of the course, we run you through again and you're doing excellent. And so the confidence level spikes and the retention level spikes and, you know, and there's, so that, that's a dramatic example because it's a dramatic um, course, but having somebody do a practical problem and do it well at the end of your course um, is one way to test to see if they're doing it well. So it's that, not just. That's good. And that's not like, sometimes people feel like those inner course kind of little tests are kind of buggy. Um, so I, I like that because then you can get like, okay, to, even if it's just a simple survey like what what's your list list size at now it can be totally you know i don't know it can be obviously you keep it private but like you can say what what are your stats now and then what are your stats after it's just like doing like um a workout program you know you track your progress throughout (laughs) yes and the reason they have you do that is so you understand what before and after was you know it's 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 so you know that you got value from this course yeah i really like that i love i actually really like that idea i mean it certainly serves you well whether it's whether you're knocking it out of the park or whether you're not um it both of both answers will serve you well you just it's happening whether you test it or not you should test it so that you know you can either claim all the credit (laughs) or you can retool the course to make it so that you can right exactly i love that i love that i'm gonna see i'm I'm taking notes right now (laughs) um so let's see so now, I guess just I'm going to turn it towards you and ask you, like, what what is your what are you working on now or what are you what projects are you looking forward to working on? I know I don't know if you can mention anything. Uh, well, working. there's a few things I can mention. Uh, it's been noted that uh, that uh, I that I can't take my own medicine, that I actually don't have a course. 
So I am a, a curriculum um, course builder without her own course. Um, I don't know. I think I'm several months away from understanding what, you know, if I'm going to put together a course, of course, it's going to be, you know, uh, it's going to be uh, hitting on those things. Nobody needs another course building course in the world. You know, there, there's things out there. Um, what I need to find is if there's a way to just get at those sticking points or get at those, you know, it's such a custom experience that I'm finding it difficult to translate it into a one-to-many course. But there are, you know, there are things out there. You know, I actually look at fearless launching and think about how it is because you spend quite a bit of time understanding everyone's particular launch and you, and you add value very specifically. And so that's a model that I've been sort of chewing over in my head. Maybe that would be something. Um. (laughs) No, you know, honestly, I feel like, um, I, I feel like certain structures, like you're talking about like this quiz before and after maybe even like midpoint would be great. Some sort of implementation week where it is like all like, like assessment, figuring out where you are, how, how, what are you learning? What are you not learning? I like doing like the little, like there's so much that I feel like needs to be built in so that, because I still do. I'm very like, I'm still answering very private, like emails. So so people are still asking me questions outside the Facebook group, which mm-hmm. is fine. Mm-hmm. I, that's part of who, like what I like too, but it right. is still a challenge with everything else that I'm trying to do. Right. So, And so I kind of, I think for right now, I really do enjoy digging into the, you know, the, the, the one-on-one working with the curriculum work. And it especially attracts the people that I feel that I'm best positioned to work with. Um, I think, I'm not necessarily interested in teaching everybody how to get this done. I'm interested in teaching those people who are turned on by the conversation that we had. Because there's some people who will be like, you know what? I think my course will work just fine. Thanks. Yeah. Um, but there's people like who good. are. <laughs> right. But there's people who, you know, like Apple nerds like ourselves who, you know, when we heard the word design, you know, that's to problem solve elegantly. Mm. Your course needs to be designed. Yeah. Um, if you just want to throw stuff in a PowerPoint, God bless you. You know. The world, the world, you know, the world must be people. Go ahead. Yeah. But if you want to design like Apple designs, then then I think that that we can get a thing going. You know, yeah. someone someone who has that sort of desire. Yeah, I love that, and I am definitely like I I can't even though my husband is a recent Mac person as well. Um, he's sw- I can't believe it even. But like he always laughs at me. Like I'm like you have no you don't understand like the design, like I'm getting like choked up. Like as I get weird, weird about, I get really weird about Apple because like it really has changed the way and my relationship to work. And I real I enjoy touching the keys. I enjoy the experience of looking at the screen and it makes it a comfortable, makes me feel like I'm creating creative yes. and artist. Like there's like all of that. And that is not by mistake. Right. It's by lots and lots of hard work. It's lots of hard work. And yeah, and I don't think it, not everything. So that's a physical experience and, and maybe not everything translates into the info product world, yeah. but that, that design thinking concept doesn't get used enough. Um, it, it tends to only get used when people are creating products, actual like physical products or um, big solution products, but it can come, it should come into the info product world. There are ways that you can stand out. Um, and it really doesn't take that much. It, it, it takes some, it takes a, it does take effort and it does take time, but yeah, but it's, you're going to be, you're going to be that Apple niche. You're going to be the, Mm. you know, the one who actually busted it open for somebody 
And that's just going to, you know, people are just going to come, you know, throw in their credit cards at you. Yeah, like your product will then have a feeling to it. And people will associate other things than just, I'm going to learn about X, Y, and Z. They're going to have a feeling. They're going to know not just community, but they're going to know that they're in something. They're, you know. Right. I I don't want to say a tribe, but it is kind of like that. It is a tribe. You are self-selected in. You're the round peg in the square hole. Remember all that branding that uh, that Apple did? And that was, um, you know, there are people on the outside and there's people on the inside. And that's always super attractive. It's a super attractive um, marketing. But um, I also think that if you are the one that goes the extra mile and, and creates the car instead of the faster horse, there's a million faster horses info products out there. You're going to be the one that creates the model, you know, the model T and it's going to be a great leap forward. And, and then that's, that, and then it's cool. Then it's yeah. actually neat too. I, I mean, you're not just a, uh, you know, doing your webinar every 30 days or whatever yeah. it is, you know, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. I love that. Um, okay. So tell us how you can, people can reach you, reach out to you. Um, where can they, first of all, what's your web website? Sunnypatioproject.com. Sunny Patio Project. It's without the the, so it's sunnypatioproject.com. Great. And then is there like an easy forward slash something that they can look at? Like, um, is there like a URL that I can share with them besides that? Like that will go directly to some info page? Uh, yeah, it's course building help, um, okay. course dash building dash help. That's awesome. Um, and wanted to like do some sort of like pop quiz for people, but like, <laughs> I guess, okay. In the comments below, please let us know, um, what, what you're creating and, or no, just saying what actually tell us what problem you are solving. Oh, wait a minute aggressively define that problem you're solving and you don't have to say for who you don't have to give away your market if you're really feeling like you want to hold it tight but just just talk about what that what you have defined as that core problem the aggressively defined <laughs> we'll have to go grab that Seth Godin quote so that I know. know I'm definitely going to put that in there I'm going to put that in there um okay thanks so much Karen it, thank you it's always awesome chatting with you and I always end up chatting longer than I think because <laughs> I, I can't stop talking and I get really excited about the topics we just generally hop on to together <laughs> you're a fellow nerd I like it I know it really is being nerdy I'm like so nerdy about this kind of stuff and and honestly everything that you said here has really made me think about things that you know I'm already thinking I'm starting to kind of roam, roam around in my head about fearless mm-hmm. launching and the future of that the program and you know just always improving so anyway so thank you so much thank you okay we'll talk soon Alrighty. Okay, was I right or was I right? Hello. Karen is amazing. Again, read the show notes below if you want links to some of the things we spoke about and start asking yourself the tough questions about what you're creating, what people are going to remember because my goodness, you know, when I was going back over this interview and because I'm in the middle of re um well, giving a little makeover to the fearless launching material, I had some ahas myself and I'd love to hear what those were for you as well. So put some comments below. Welcome Karen to the site. Uh, She's going to be a regular around here, uh, writing, probably coming back from multiple conversations. So let's get to know her, put her, put her on the spot, ask her some questions and I will see you in a couple weeks with another episode.